The Brandon Peters Show may contain explicit language and detailed plot points. For more information on the show, stay tuned to the end of the episode. Here he is, Brandon. Welcome back to the Brandon Peters Show. Today we're uh, continuing October, the spooky month, with a discussion of 2002's Disney film, The Country Bears. Uh, Actually, it's Disney's The Country Bears. And joining me for that discussion from so far, so good, it is Nicholas Rorman. Hello, hello. I'm excited to indulge in the spooky months with the most terrifying Disney movie of all. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the Country Bears. And not ironically either. I want to point that that out up front. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I love this movie. I really do. <laughs> so yeah, we are not this is so if you tuned in for some riffing and stuff like that, you may need to hold it in check. Uh oh, but there there's gonna be riffing. Oh yes. That's all it's all from a place of love. There's a lot of problems with this movie, and I love them all. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, first at the top, we're trying to continue this new segment. We're uh, 4K Blues Day part of this. We're talking about some new Blu-ray release announcements that have come out since the last episode that have uh, I've picked, peaked at a point of interest. Uh, the first being The Nun 2. Uh, we're coming out on 4K Ultra HD November 14th. Uh, another quick turnaround for Warner Brothers. Um uh, none to none your business uh, features two featurettes and um, yeah, we'll be hitting the format. I am sure also probably max at the same time. Have you seen none two? Not only have I not seen none two, <laughs> I haven't seen none one. <laughs> none one. Yeah. Or the, the prequel sister act sister. Act. Actually I have seen sister act. So yes. I, that was a lie. There I we go. Just now. I'm sorry. That's right. I have not seen none two. I've heard it, though it, it continues the uh, or it looks like so they made Annabelle uh-huh. and everybody's like oh Annabelle's not good and then they made Annabelle two and they're like oh Annabelle two's really good and it sounds like it, no one said the nun two's really good but like mm-hmm. it's better than nun one and that's how these conjuring things seem to go so um, <laughs> like most of these like I have I've only seen in the theater i have seen i think i think the conjuring one and the conjuring two the rest of them i have watched on home video yeah i'm I'm a bad horror fan with that (laughs) but i've never seen any of them in theaters okay yeah but i i did go into the conjuring house at universal orlando's halloween oh there you go you lived it i lived it i don't need to see it in theaters i lived it awesome So yeah, that'll be out November fourteenth. Um, I will. Uh, it's it's yeah. Simon Thompson of Forbes calls it a gripping, intense, unholy trinity of terror. So he 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 got scared. So also, <laughs> to be, this, what to be fair, I feel like I could come up with that review, even though I haven't seen it. There you go. I I love the people that you know they had their quote ready. You're like they're gonna yeah. pick this one. They're gonna pick this one. Oh, this is gonna be so good. I you said it. Love this quote. I got it on there. They did, and and then they don't get picked, but they pick someone with a similar quote. They're like, damn it, <laughs> I'm not as more people are just as clever as I. Sticking with the spooky, uh, there's a company called Visual Vengeance. 
they specialized in bringing out a lot of 90s, early 2000s shot on video horror movies. They have a movie called Scream Queen starring Linnea Quigley. This is a thought-to-be-lost film of Linnea Quigley's, and it is coming out. They are putting it out like a doozy. There's uh, one with, like, pins, a look like a video rental card, a booklet, maybe a soundtrack. I can't tell. Uh, but they, they're going all in on this one. Lots of bonus features, including a new Linnea Quigley interview. And uh, it's got a, here, hear this, uh, new director approved 480p SD master presented on Blu-ray from the original Whoa. tape elements. Yeah, 480p. That's, uh, that's the way to watch Blu-ray. Yeah, it's not pins. It's a sticker set. My bad. It looked like oh, that. Okay. Oh yeah, sorry, sorry. Uh, but they got some interviews, a commentary. It's all region, so you Germans can order it and play it just fine. But yeah, uh, I'm interested in this. I'm a Linnea Quigley fan. Uh, do you know who she is at all? Uh, the name sounds familiar, but okay. I couldn't name a film or anything uh, like that. So she, if you've seen Return of the Living Dead, uh, she played Trash, mm. the one with the hair that does the new dance on the the tombstone. Oh, yeah, she's in. Uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night, Night of the Demons. She just she went all in on like horror and B movie horror. So she's she does like she has like quality eighties output, and then she'll also do like oh, what's a ch- Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers, mm. um, and she's uh, done some like Slime Bowl Ramas and that one. So she's Z grade to B grade. Uh, <laughs> she's a wonderful person. I interviewed her on my old podcast many many years ago. One of my maybe. I that and Chelsea Christopher by top two interviews I feel I've ever done. So very happy with Linnea. Make it make it top three. <laughs> Today, you, today's gonna blow your today's mind. Today's gonna blow my mind. All right. Fair enough. All right. So that is November twenty eighth, uh, from Visual Visual Vengeance coming at you with Pretty that. Sick. All right. So that'll that'll wrap that up. So Nicholas, let's talk about you. Where'd you come from? How'd you wind up on the Brandon Peters show? Oh uh, man, this is I ca- I came from so many places. Yeah, and still going to others. I'm so, I'm going. I'm leaving. I'm coming. Hey, real quick, are we both indulging in a nice Coca Cola Cherry Zero Sugar? We are. We are. I think we are. There we go. It's not a sponsor, but it could be. Not a sponsor, but, because oh. we did not talk about this. We're just. Mm. I will say, of all the zeros. This is the closest to the original tasting ones there is. Yeah. I like Dr. Pepper Zero as well, but that is the closest one. And I have been, so this is bad of me. <laughs> I gave up soda. Like, I didn't have soda from like 2012 to like the last year and a half, two years. And uh, mm-hmm. we were talking about trips. It was my last Disney trip. I kind of like had some or whatever yeah and disney usually, will do that to you yeah because there's nothing else to drink there and i don't yeah. want water the whole damn time so especially if it's dasani yeah so yeah. i've gotten on and i don't want bottled water the whole time like so i got on soda again a bit not bad i don't keep it in the house that helps but it used to be i would once a year drink the mountain dew voodoo um yes. yeah. just to know the flavor and that and maybe if i like the flavor i'd have two and that was like my soda for the year yeah. Um, this year, I've already had two zero Mountain Dew um, voodoos because it's like spree or sweet tarts. Something. Well, they they it's... announced what it was already, which is kind of oh, did they? Up. they I, I don't it in look September. I'm... Okay, and that bothered me. Okay, it bothered bad. me a little bit because normally they're like, "Hey, it's it's not mm-hmm. this, but it kind of feels like a right because it's yeah. a copyright thing." Because the best well, year, best year though was Skittles. 
That was oh, my favorite year. Yeah. I would just drink like just do that one every year. Yeah. Well, the reason that they announced it is because it's an official partnership. Oh. Okay. And I think the other I think the candy company was like, you have to. Well, was it you spree? Have to do this. Spree or sweet tarts? Cherry airheads. Cherry uh Okay. Cherry yeah. heads. Okay. Hey. Part of so far so good. Wearing the hat, my mm-hmm. my comedy channel on YouTube and TikTok and all social media at so far so good show. Check it out. We have a series called the Quest for Do. Okay, and we are on a, a mission to try every single flavor of Mountain Dew that exists. Oh, all right. And we rank them. There you go. And That's it's good. Uh, a very indecisive list because it's just two of us <laughs> and w- and we have to come up with a collaborative list and we both like very different flavors like one of my least favorite flavors of all is the original mountain dew and mm. my uh co-host does not enjoy that here's the thing if you distance yourself from the original mountain dew mm-hmm. and then you go back it's awful yeah it really no it really is like i when it's i was younger i would drink. drink the hell out of that <laughs> stuff and then and then it was like, and then you go away for a bit. You come back, you're like, "What is that? What the hell is this? This is yeah, gross." It's a bad drink. Code like I was a uh, so when Code Red first came out, I got hooked on that mm-hmm. when they first came out with that because I I always recall it was this, it was like the year was 2000, 2001 when Code Red came out, I believe, and I spent time. I I remember my life at that time. It was Code Red Mountain Dew. Crunchy Border Tacos from Taco Bell, which was mm. basically a hard shell taco with Baja sauce. That's all it was. But they yeah. were the, the rage. Tony Hawk Pro Skater, Jackass, and MTV Sphere. That was my life then. Yeah. That makes sense. That was, that was, I was, it was like freshman year college, living at home still. I hadn't got, I transferred to Ball State a year later because that was what life was at that time for yeah. me. But that's, that's the way I lived. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Things needed to change for Brandon. Yeah, I listen. The best Mountain Dew flavors are the ones that have avoided tasting like Mountain Dew. There you go. Yeah, some okay. of them taste like Mountain Dew with something in it. Mm-hmm. They're fine. The ones okay. that don't taste like Mountain Dew are the best. My number one is Voodoo Twenty Nineteen. My number two is Voodoo Twenty Twenty. They're just so good. Was Twenty Nineteen two Skittles? Yeah, and then Twenty Twenty right. was. They said it was like circus peanuts. Oh, is that? It, I thought it, we were trying to do candy corn. I thought, okay. Yeah. There was one year where I was like, are they trying candy corn? It was that kind of... They're both... Candy corn and circus peanuts are both like banana marshmallow yeah. flavor. Okay. And last year... Was last year like Sour Patch Kids? Is it there something like that? <sighs> it was bad, whatever it was. Okay. I hated it. I, had I didn't like, like it. one last year, maybe. Yeah. Not yeah. a fan. No. But yeah, I have 24 ranked. I've yeah. tasted 24 flavors of Mountain Dew. Gotcha. Pretty Ooh. sick. <laughs> Gotcha. So that's why I brought uh, him on here is to talk Mountain Dew. Yeah. Um, of all things, that's uh, <laughs> his Mountain Dew thing. So, oh no, uh, you're a Jack of Matrix. We okay. So we met this past year, well, the months and months ago, June, yeah. at Louisville PopCon, yeah. um, where we got put in a room together, which I think we're mm-hmm. the only people that got room together. Is that? <laughs> I, that's possible. I I don't know. I truly I don't know. Don't know. <laughs> I just was, yeah, it was weird. Like, I was asking about hotel, asking about hotel, and they were like, the week of, like, you got a roommate, his name's Nick. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was told, I think before you were, that yeah. you were going to be my roommate, and they were just like, you're going to like it. 
And I was like, okay, cool. They're like, he likes movies. You'll like him. And I was like, cool. Wow, nobody else I know likes movies. <laughs> That's crazy. That's... Wait, he likes movies? Like movie movies. Okay. Is he a, is he a white dude with a beard too? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Wow. And You'll he has like a podcast him. that talks He'll... about movies. Wow. Wow. Exactly. Wow. You'll get along. Exactly. You're the same person, basically. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. I was uh, that. Yeah. So you'll you'll like him. He's doing film festival stuff. <laughs> you'll like, like, like him. He's not this like one, him. but he's does some film yeah. festival. Like, but you'll like him. You'll like him. And so yeah, and yeah. So we were we were roommates there. Um, which we we pledged that if we can if we can live the the sweet life again, mm-hmm. we'll, we're roommate again. It saves saves money. Absolutely. So, uh, but yeah. So you you are you have your hand in a, like a good many things, or have had yeah. your hand in a good many things. Um, but let's let's start with your current like so far so good. Let's explain to these people what the mission statement and everything is. But so far so good, and who's all involved? Yeah. Well, so I was in college senior year when COVID happened and I was the executive producer and showrunner of a sketch comedy show called BSU tonight. Check it out. They're great at ball state. And when that happened, my buddy Amy and I, who we're creative partners, we do pretty much everything together. Um, we were just talking in our house, locked away in Muncie saying like, we're not done doing sketch comedy, right? Like that's, we want to keep doing that. So we started formulating an idea with other alumni of our show that lived in different places, New York and L.A. and Atlanta and Chicago and Indianapolis and stuff like that. And we kind of created a sketch comedy show with people from all around and they could write mm-hmm. stuff and we could all have writers meetings and they can film things in different areas and that kind of thing. And that was the initial idea for it. Since then, it's slowly evolved into not just sketch comedy, but comedy in general. We made a we improvised a movie in april and we do podcasts and have the quest for do and and different things like that so we're we're branching out into just comedy in general we're doing live comedy in chicago now um the main so far so good crew is all up in chicago uh but we have different satellite people that basically if they want if they have an idea they'll just write it and send it to us and we can do it like just our friends and collaboration and things like that so it's it's a lot of fun Shy Town represent, um, and the the movie you, you guys made real uh, in like that quick window was was it the making of the lumberjack's daughter? Is that yeah, what? yeah, and that's the official title, the making of the lumberjack's daughter. Gotcha. Yeah, there's um uh, a YouTuber by the name of Joel Haver started a tradition where he was tired of the Academy Awards, mm-hmm. so he would decide in that three hour time I'll just make a movie. And that'll be better use of my time than watching the Academy is what his thought was. Mm -hmm. And he started doing it every year. And a lot of people love the idea. And they some some people would tell him that they were doing the same thing. So he created a, I guess, not a film festival, but it's called the Academy of making a movie during the Academy Awards. And it's just like a competition where a bunch of people try to make a movie. You film the whole thing during the time that the Oscars are on air. And then you have a week to edit it and submit it to him. And uh, for the first year, it took him an, almost an entire year to judge them and give out the awards. But it was kind of like the promo for the next year. So we haven't heard anything from this year, but we are part of the second annual one. We are one of the longest films. Oh. It's only a three-hour ceremony, and our film came out to be like an hour 15 or something. 
because the way we did it, it's called the making of the lumberjack's daughter. And it's a very meta mockumentary mm-hmm. about a group of people trying to make a movie during Joel Haver's Oscar challenge. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And we just had two cameras. One of them was filming the movie. And I was the camera person filming the documentary behind the making of the movie. <laughs> and it's wild and it's very fun. Um, I checked out. I, got I didn't have so time to watch much. the whole thing, but I skimmed skimmed around to it. I like the concept, though. It's pretty funny stuff. Thanks. So, yeah, I, I can't believe we got an hour and 15 of usable stuff out of three hours. And we basically just filmed the whole time <laughs> and just cut stuff up. Yeah, I always thought, I, I the, for the longest time, uh, Hour 15, I thought, was like the cutoff for like a feature film length, but it's actually like 55 minutes. Sometimes it's 45. Yeah, for 55, yeah, 40, it's really low uh, for what I thought I thought would be considered shorts because there were a lot of films I've seen in my day that would take credits and stretch them so they'd hit that mm. 74, 74, 75 minute mark. I'm like, well, what are you doing? If it's only like 45 minutes, you can just roll those. Yeah. Or like, it's probably some like, just preconceived notion of people being like, well, that's not a real feature. That's an hour. I'm like, yeah. yeah. Frankenstein, Dracula, they're an hour long. Like, barely. Mm-hmm. Like, it's fine. Like, just, they didn't need 12 minute credits to yeah. pop them over. It's not so. a YouTube video. We don't have to hit a certain window for monetization, right? right? That's <laughs> true. Yeah. Make the credits as short as they need to be. Yeah. So, the end. Boom. <laughs> See comments for credits. Yeah. There honestly, you, you could do that. So, yeah, and so far so good. It's had some nice like success stories, especially like, the mascot you had. That uh, yeah, yeah, El Tuggy, El Tuggy, yeah, yeah. A lot of people still don't realize that that was actually a parody of something. But we created a mascot for the Chicago Transit Authority. It's not an official mascot. Some people believe it is, um, but it's this horrifying creature named El Tuggy, who is named that because he can tug the railing on the L train. That's why he's named that. Mm-hmm. Not an innuendo by any means. Right. Um, <laughs> but apparently he speaks telepathically. He's just this creepy, horrendous character that we've taken around Chicago and filmed with. It's actually going to be his, his one-year anniversary debut was October mm. 7th of 22. So I think it'll be right before this episode drops will be his, his oh, wow. first birthday. But it was inspired by, uh, I don't know if you saw this, but in Spain, their bus transit system unveiled a mascot named La Bussy. Mm-hmm. And it was like yes. a bus and a bunny, this horrifying creature. And it's just a parody of that. And we thought the reason that La Bussy got so much traction, not only is it crazy to mm-hmm. see, but Bussy has a different meaning in a lot of uh, <laughs> online scenarios. That is a sexual thing. Just didn't translate well. So that's why we came up with El Tuggy, the name, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, that that we had a lot of success with that. We've we've gotten a lot of success um on TikTok because mm-hmm. it's easy to have success on TikTok. <laughs> I think your the definition of success is different, but like we've had right. videos that hit four million uh, views and then consistently some that hit a thousand or less. Mm-hmm. I think probably our biggest success story so far and it's something that a lot of viewers probably have seen and uh we have made videos in partnership with the laugh factory in chicago Mm -hmm. and we filmed and this is going to be a a mind blower for some people a fake video of a stand-up comic falling off the stage at the laugh factory oh he says staged 
he says, uh, I've been having sexual escapades with a lot of freaky Chicago girls, and I've come to the realization that I don't think pegging is that gay. And then he falls off the stage. <laughs> it was one of 20 fake videos that we filmed, and it was the first one we posted. And I think over different platforms and people reposting it, it has like 100 million views or something like that, which is stupid. But like Bert Kreischer <laughs> reacted to it on his podcast and oh, all geez. that stuff. So that's probably our biggest success story. Uh, this so is far. phony. It's like, yeah, it is. We, yeah. We people are like, yeah. what? I can't believe the crowd was so quiet. And I'm like, there's not a single person in the audience. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't even add fake crowd sound effects. Like oh, we wanted, Jesus. it was just a guy falling off the stage. God. Plain uh, and simple. Pratt falls. They get Pratt. views. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Milk it. Oh, you can. And then, uh, I do want to point out one of your crowding achievements in, um, in, in, in history of not just you, but the university we both attended, Constellation Quest, the ultimate yeah. pilot episode. <laughs> yeah. Hi, and thank you for tuning in to Timeless Television Treasures. The mid-1960s was a golden age for science fiction television programs. Morning. Today, we'll take a look at one of those programs, the short-lived space opera, Constellation Quest. You go against the leaked orders quite often. K-8, I swear, if you do not leave this bridge immediately, I will have you dismantled and scattered across the cosmos. Jesus. The lasers to vaporize us. Me. What was his name? Let's get out of here before we become the dessert course. Well, what are my butt call me a biscuit? I'm sorry I broke the size mutation rate, but I want to help. I am Zarsia, high priestess of the centipede. You brought your crew straight into our trap. Praise be to them! Yeah, my buddy Eamon and I, again, creative partners, we do everything. But at Ball State, we didn't need a senior thesis. Like, that wasn't something we needed to have to graduate. But this is basically our senior thesis. We pitched this film to the Muncie PBS station, which is now a Ball State PBS. They've rebranded. So in partnership with the university and with PBS, we made a 30-minute short film. In the program, it was the first comedy, which was interesting. We had a very uphill battle <laughs> trying to pitch this to them. But the concept is that it's an unearthed, lost pilot episode for a 1967 Star Trek ripoff called Constellation Quest. And it is poorly made, low budget, lots of issues, and all of that is intentional. If we made any mistakes while we were filming it, no, we didn't. It was intentional <laughs> to look like that. Keep going. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, it, it's probably one of my favorite things I've made. The, the concept was just so much fun to, to mess around with. So, yeah, Constellation Quest with PBS pilot episode. We'd like yeah. to make more eventually. But Yeah, I'd like to say, people, it is on YouTube. You can check it out. And, I like, if you uh, like something like Garth, uh, Garth Marini's Dark Place, it's got that kind of vibe to it. It's not fully, mm. like, them going back and talking about the show and stuff, but it... There's there's that kind of aspect to it that I, I really appreciate, and I I think the it's 
you nailed everything you were going for on that and probably got Thank some you. added bonus as well. But it's a terrific little pilot that I definitely I'll try to share it around when this episode posts, but you should definitely seek out that in addition to all the other stuff. That yeah, you, it'd uh, be on the uh, Schlimcorp YouTube channel. Schlimcorp. <laughs> Schlimcorp. S C H E L M C O R P. That was oh. our production company. Schlim Corp. Okay. Yeah. That's the only thing we've made with it besides so far so good, but so far so good has its own channel. There you go. Yeah. I had uh <laughs> when I my, my little production company when I was in uh high school it was called uh Spastic Colon Productions. Oh, that aged great. Oh yeah. So no, well we went to competitions and stuff because I entered uh my short films and things that uh there's competitions like like mm-hmm. the basketball teams have competitions. Media stuff has competitions too. That's crazy. Um and uh we had to change our name to SC Productions. Mm. And if they said, what does it stand for? We would then have to say, something cool <laughs> productions. And they, they said, never it's asked. a good thing it's SC. Yeah, it's SC. Yeah, that's kind of, yeah, I get it. I get it. We're like, yeah, SC. Because um, yeah. it was none of our initials between any, me and the guy I, I did it with. And, but yeah, so that's what we had to do. I was in a uh, uh, in high school. My first ever short film I ever made mm-hmm. was in the Indiana Association of Student Broadcasters. We didn't uh, have that when I competition. was when I was young. So nice, yeah. We did it, not have him. It was something that my school didn't do. The radio oh, yeah. did it okay. all the time, but there was like no video in my school at all. And I started making promo image like videos for the announcements. The okay. announcements at that point were anchors reading and then PowerPoint slides. Right, yeah, that's, yeah, I could see that, yeah. And I just went to the the media person, and I was like, if I give you a flash drive, could you upload this video? It's a promo for our theater, mm-hmm. like our upcoming play. And they're like, oh, yeah, sure. And I got asked by a bunch of different clubs to make commercials for them because oh. there was all PowerPoints. Um, but they were like, hey, in this radio thing that we do, there's also a film section if you want to do something. So I made a short film for the first time, put it in there, and got second in the state. Nice. And then I was like, oh, this is what I'm doing. Mm. And that's that's when I decided I was uh, making videos as a career. There you go. I, I had, so Media Fair, I had, um, I, I, my first year I entered it was my junior year of high school, and we spent, the, we shot this film, it's called Blinded by Rage. Uh, we shot it from November 98 through March of 98 and stuff and edited and put it together. We we're working on this film. Um, we took this film to the regional competition. We blew the highest score ever there out of the water. It was like the, the judges were this like, they were media people. That's who the mm-hmm. judges were. And it was like, they were really impressed. And we had original, we had an original score made for mm. it. All this stuff. It was, it was great crushed it it was awesome big production good value loved it um there was a shot so originally there was a shot where a helicopter was around and we we knew we had this school assembly once that had a helicopter land on our football field (laughs) and my my teacher who was our sponsor said he had like someone shot that i shot that and we couldn't find it anywhere so we had it i used it i used a helicopter from the movie uhf the weird Uh owl one that wouldn't be noticeable. And then the day it aired for our school before we went to competition, mm-hmm. he reinserted, he found it, he put it in there for us, the the good one, the one we wanted. So that was nice. But fun thing is, um, our movie 
was about the governor of the state coming to give a speech at the school Mm -hmm. and then terrorists take over the school and kidnap him. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he, uh, it's it ends up being this uh police captain guy who was also the guy he ran against in an election and kicked him out of the election by releasing these pictures of him or whatever mm. all this in ten minutes um <laughs> so we had shootouts we had all these things, and we had actual like replica my friend was his father was a military collector, and we had all these like replica weapons we had flak jacket like we look legit and stuff doing it and students were playing the terrorist character because it was all student stuff right well the week before in march of 99 Mm -hmm. we go to the state competition or the week of the state competition or something like that right around a whole a little event called columbine happened yeah and uh we were told like do not take that do not go to the state competition i'm like i worked hard on this I will read a disclaimer note. Yeah. I will I will I I we're taking this. And we went to state competition. I did it. I read it. Um the judge was like a gym teacher and a librarian at the <laughs> state level. The regional level had professionals and uh we placed uh 7 out of uh, in the competition and uh the first place was uh, my year in volleyball, and some girl that um, probably was like in sixth grade went out and got it, mm. and I was like, hmm. "Yeah, yep, yep," and uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, that was that was the de- like the the film. I worked the hard like I worked so hard on this. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. It was going good. We were gonna do it all, and then Columbine destroyed us. Yeah. Um, and also put me on Columbine watch at my high school, which was a real thing because that's awesome. Made that movie, that's um, great. Yeah, yeah, yep. Uh, but yeah, Gosh. so yeah, those those competitions. Um, what a blast! What? Yeah, literally, right? Um, but yeah. <laughs> oh boy, yeah. So I I could not finish where I I felt like a shoe in like. It was yeah. such a good production for a student thing because I made entertainment. I didn't make a little fucking documentary, sentimental stuff and the next year i went back i made a spy movie type thing Mm -hmm. beat my record at regional from before had the same challenge of librarian and gym teacher at state yeah placed first runner up and lost to memories of my senior year god because of the fucking librarian and fucking yeah so they're like narratives no thanks like what is this, I'm good. What is this? I'll go to the theater if I want something like this. Yeah. My so, uh, my second short film was also a spy film. Oh, okay. And it cannot be found anywhere. And I will never let you know the name. Oh. And the first one can also not be found anywhere except for IMDb. Oh, okay. So it's on IMDb, but that's it. Gotcha. <laughs> my, my, my second one was... <laughs> Deception. Nice. We needed a title, and I was like, "This that sounds works. intriguing." Deception. <laughs> Deception. Uh, shot over a, and this time it was like shot over a weekend. I literally wrote it Monday. My teacher's like the teacher, my media teacher, my librarian were my like reps for this, and mm-hmm. he was like, "You're writing a comedy this year." 
you're writing a comedy. And I spent yeah. months trying to crack. I'm like, what I think's funny may not. Like yeah. that's a gamble. Like that's a huge for when you go to the competition. Like I'm like, but what if it's not funny? And then like I had competition for my own school that year that mm-hmm. did do a comedy. And then I said I had this idea come to me on like a Sunday night to where I couldn't sleep and I wrote it all down. Mm-hmm. Which what became deception. I got people together, and he, I'm like, I'm shooting it this weekend. I told my teacher, and he's like, Oh, okay. What is yeah. it? I'm like, It's a surprise because it's I'm a, not fucking telling you that yeah. it's a spy thing with a gun in it. Sorry. And um, yeah. then I showed it to him when I had the first cut, and he fucking loved it. He was like, This is this is why he like twists and turns. He thought it was great. He's like, I'm sad it was only ten minutes because I could tell it and it, it ended, but. There's more to this, isn't there? I'm like, well, yeah, but it's t- ten fucking minutes. It's a fade yeah. to where it looks victorious. We fade, yeah. and uh, I, I did write a little message to him because there's a scene in it where uh, this they go on a mission. They're not supposed to take weapons, so I was, mm-hmm. I was trying to be like that. And then during the mission, one of them pulls out a gun. <laughs> someone says it was my character, and someone says, "Hey, wait!" I thought, "Hey," he said, "No," and I go desperate measures <laughs> and i was like that was my note to my teacher i was like i wasn't gonna be able to do a fucking comedy dude <laughs> and we go to that competition at regional i beat my old record and beat the comedy from my own school good that came out no See, one wants to laugh that's why you said it was like you should have made something that was like my year in kindergarten mm-hmm and just make a, yep. a mockumentary of the documentaries yeah. that won the previous year. The, the wildest thing I saw, though, there was this movie at State called Strike Back. And it was by a guy. And he talked like that. He he was really, he had the <laughs> accent going. And we were talking about Strike Back. And he handed us all out posters for it, which were like print-offs from his like computer <laughs> black and white because he didn't have a color printer i guess <laughs> but you can tell it was supposed to be in color yeah and he's like we go strap back da, da, da. and it was this movie and he turned like this like abusive father thing into like a slasher movie and it was wild like it was aw- it was so tone deaf and the the makeup was great because i was like what's on that girl's face like what is what is that oh it's supposed to be a bruise Oh, oh, okay. And then the dad was like, a a kid played him, but instead of getting a fake beard, yeah. they just colored his face with like a, like a washable marker, I think. And listen, it was no one's wildly entertaining. Film, no one's high school film should ever be seen. We need to get rid of those. Oh, I'm proud of Blind of My Rage and Deception, <laughs> but there's plenty of others. Uh, I do, I do find fun. Like I did one called the Kung Fu Disco Kings. Oh yeah. That's probably funny only to me and whoever was in it at the time. That was great. Uh, I got some gems from back then that I personally, like, ah, that's funny. Yeah. And I, I, I used to, on Instagram, I'd sometimes, like, pull, like, do some snapshots of them or have a little clip, but uh, yeah. you don't need to see the whole thing. I want to see that. No, you don't. <laughs> no. This nope. is it. And, that's all that was made. And I am thoughtful. I'm like, the people in this are not giving me permission to release it now because when they did it, we didn't have YouTube back. Well, I didn't have YouTube back then with this stuff. So yeah, throwing them up there now, they might not want that up there. So yeah. So those of you listening to this conversation, to him, I go like, well, Brandon, you're going to release it. I want to see it. I want to see it. You're not going to see them. Sorry. You're not going to see it. They're still on VHS, which is where they belong. <laughs> yeah. If you can find the VHS, watch it. Have fun. Yep. 
They're on VHS where they belong. Um, so, yeah. All right. So, something that never, uh, well, you know what? It probably made it to VHS. It I, think it, yes, I think it, it was, and I it think did. I had it. Yep, it did. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I had it. Because what's the final VHS ever was, was it Wanted? Oh, what? oh God. I got no clue. I, I've looked this up many times before. History of Violence, that was it. History of Violence. The this final was definitely VHS on VHS. Thing. I 100% yeah. have this. They probably had Somewhere. the clamshell, right? Yeah. Somewhere in my parents' house, I have this still. Yeah. <laughs> so, we are going to talk the Country Bears. Or is it Disney's The Country Bears? Because we don't want it confused with any other kinds of <laughs> country yeah. bears. From Disney, Barry and his family are off on the ultimate family vacation. And you can come along for all the Disney fun. Yeah. So wash the car. <laughs> Your hair looks ridiculous. My hair. Take a cruise. Hello. And share some memories. This is my baby picture. This is yours. (laughs) On the ultimate Disney adventure. Disney's The Country Bears. Rated G. Starts July 26th. It's directed by Peter Hastings. Mm -hmm. uh, Written by Mark Perez. Okay, this cast is a wild mixture of voices. Crazy cast. Voices, singing voices, in-person appearances. Uh, We have Haley Joel Osment, Diedrich Bader, Christopher Walken, Stephen Tobolowski, Derry Mitchell, Bad Garrett, James Gammon, Candy Ford, Toby Huss, Stephen Root, Kevin Michael Richardson, MC Ganey, Eli Marienthal, Queen Latifah, Megan Faye, Alex Rocco, Jess Hartnell, Hartnell, Elton John, Wyclef Jean. I did them back-to-back on purpose. Don Henley, (laughs) Crystal Harris, Willie Nelson, Bonnie Raitt, Brian Seltzer, Don Wass, Colin Hay, and Exhibit. Crystal Harris, who's in this movie, as some big pop star that I don't remember. Yeah. At all. Nope. Uh, so th- every song in this movie that isn't sung by the Country Bears is sung by a at the time yeah. popular person, apparently. Or, or they were trying to push. But yeah. apparently, she had a song that was like Supergirl or something. I was like, I don't remember that. Yeah. And this was the heat of like me knowing stuff about music. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Barry Barrington goes on an adventure to save Country Bear Hall by getting <laughs> the Country Bears back together for Hell a yeah. reunion concert. Yes. Uh, so, uh, real quick here, Peter Hastings, the director, he has since <laughs> this is it. Uh, he has since directed the Mission Space Ride at Epcot. Uh-huh. Like that's what he's done. And he's this written, is his first movie. Yeah. Uh, wrote yeah. for Tiny Toons, Animaniacs, Darkwing Ducks, and he continues to produce uh, animated shows uh, like Kung Fu Panda, Captain Underpants. Now, Perez, who wrote this, he wrote Game Night. Recently, yeah. uh, and after he wrote Herbie Fully Loaded, and with Thomas Lennon, I believe mm-hmm. Thomas Lennon wrote Herbie Fully Loaded. Thomas Lennon's my favorite actor, by the way. So oh, I'm, oh, I'm as an actor, it. not just a presence yeah. writer. Co- okay. As as an actor, I think that he, if he is in a movie, it's better. Dark Knight Rises, right? That's right. He makes every single <laughs> movie better. Just his, just him being there, mm-hmm. the movie is better than if it was if he was not. He's in Memento, <laughs> and he's quite good. Yeah. Um, He's also wrote the uh, also wrote accepted, um, which uh, yeah that that was a little comedy that came had some buzz and went and I don't think does anybody remember accepted is nope. that like that's is that like a classic for any generation to <laughs> I mean it, I'm sure someone 
Yeah, it, it hits right before like the whole uh, Apato crew goes big with. I think Forty Year Old Virgin had come out when Accepted came out, but like we're about ready to get hit by Knocked Up and Super Bad, and yeah, which and, would fundamentally change the way comedies are made. Yeah, and Justin Long had a kind of a thing. Yeah, he had a thing at the time, but. Uh yeah, I I just I remember accepted because I like I was working on a movie with a girl that was in it, and like there were to- oh accepted, oh, you, oh it's gonna be good it's gonna be it's got the Jonah Hill was in it that's yeah they, they were oh. like he's gonna be good but um yeah so I was where the girl was in it and like they're like oh she's she's in this movie it's gonna be pretty big so that's what's really interesting is that Mark Perez is the writer of two movies on my top 100 favorite movies of all time. Oh, Herbie? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I got a, a Game Night's my number oh, yeah. 100. Okay. Uh, and I don't have a top 100. I just have a top list. Right. Because I feel like I, I don't want to kick it something out. So I actually have 108 in my full list. But okay. Game Night's my number 100. And then, uh, yeah. The movie we're talking about, Country Bears, my number forty-three. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, let's let's go into this. Uh, why Country Bears here today? Um, like when when you were asking what movie I wanted to talk about, I wanted to do a movie that I'm passionate about, but also a movie that I think would be very funny to talk about. <laughs> it is not one I'm going to defend as not having issue, but I will defend it and say that it's not bad. I think the people who say that it's bad, I think they're wrong. I just yeah. think they're. I just think they're wrong. I think. The, I think this is a like overall like a like a, a very solid average. Yeah. Movie. I don't. Think oh it, yeah. I. I gotta go back to like 2002 mindset to yeah. to wonder what people were thinking of this, but I would think I I could see someone wanting something like this now compared to what we. Yes. Did. Well, that's a huge reason why I still like it. I, I think like IMDb has a four point two. That's really disappointing. Like it's not well, a Well most 4. of that's 2. like the heat of the moment then. Yeah. Um with with people and you also are in the height of like ain't it cool news where this yeah. is a movie that crowd would just not give an open chance to at all. Metascore thirty seven. Yeah. The it's the target audience for this movie wasn't able to go on IMDb and talk about yeah. it or you know able yeah. to touch things. I will say it got an A minus cinema score. So people Which, going to it liked good. it. Like good. that that's the, that's what you that's what a lot of things people overlook. They always go to the the Rotten Tomatoes. They go that like those are the people that go online and give a shit yeah. to go online, which is not everybody. It's not the majority. You look at the cinema score and people are like it's a good movie. You yeah. know, like that I well, mean I feel like so many people who talk about movies rate them on the same scale and I think mm-hmm. that's incorrect well art the isn't country a bears is, it's hard yeah. To, yeah the country bears is not the departed it's not trying <laughs> to be the departed no it's it's trying to be a movie and i think it succeeds at the movie it's trying to be mm-hmm. a yeah. lot like heavy succeed well and it, it's it um i think it, the devil's in the details for quality wise where you go but this has the skeleton of like a muppet script yes apps and like 
oh, I love this, like this romp, this way they go. You know, they would, you switch it with Kermit the Frog, Fozzie mm-hmm. Bear, and everybody getting it, which they have done that kind of movie. The Muppets yeah. have. Um, but I got vibes of the original 70s Muppet movie watching mm-hmm. this. Just the aesthetically, uh, the feel, the, the road trip aspect of things. And yeah. like that's what the kooky villain. Yeah. 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 Which um, more reason to like hate the Razzies like I do um, and think they're irrelevant is Walken got nominated for a Razzie for this one. And this might be his best performance. <laughs> it, it, like, if you're really watching him, yeah. it's like, dude's putting his heart into it well, more like, than I've ever seen. He's not bad. <laughs> I, I guess the crime, and this is what they do all it's the just time. Camp. He's a notable actor. He's an Academy yeah. Award winner <laughs> in a in a uh, a movie that got bad reviews and, yeah. and bombed at the box office. So they're like, oh, him he's not bad in it not at all he's quite i'm amused at christopher walken in this movie he is so funny like it's it's like frustrating how funny he is mm -hmm. every line he says is delivered better than most comedies now i i wrote because so i was telling um i was telling brandon this before we started but when i watched the movie I just kept notes and I have three pages of notes when I was rewatching it today. And most, some of these notes are just quotes that I'm just like, this is such a good quote. And one of the things I wrote down was this is possibly Christopher Walken's best role. (laughs) Um, But memorable quotes from him is you like the sound of crunching wood. Cause I do. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Did the scene where he's he's like practicing (laughs) destroying the building. In his office, he has like 12 models of the right. Country Bear Hall and a giant. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. There are good, like, quality comedic bits hidden in this movie that I don't oh, think people no. recognize. Country Bear Hall has yes. been crushed. Oh, <laughs> like, the delight he's having of it. Um it's so good. And, <laughs> like, stupidly, like, ham and cheats. <laughs> I, I thought that, see, I, I got a soft giggle from that. Come on. There are like things in this movie that feel like it should be a decom, like a Disney Channel original movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And some of those, it's like, okay, it's a 2002 movie. Some of the lines are crazy, but I feel like they stick the landing of decom to the point where it gets elevated. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The ham and cheats joke is good, but what makes it good is Diedrich Bader saying, yeah, we get that a lot. Yeah. And the other person going, well, it is your name. <laughs> well, the thing is, like, Dietrich Bader, he's one of my favorite, most underused comedic actors. Yeah. Like, ever. Like, I watched the Drew Carey show growing up, and he was always, he just mm-hmm. cracked me up. And then he had a great role. There's a movie called The Foot Fist Way, with, uh, which was one of Danny McBride's first one. Like, yeah. Um, and he, you know, uh, well, no, he wasn't in Foot Foot Way. He was in Napoleon Dynamite. That's what yeah, it was. Yeah, Those yeah, movies yeah, are yeah. so... Uh, he plays Rex Kwando. That movie's yeah. about Taekwondo. Sorry, Napoleon was. Dynamite was, uh, you know, you think I go home and starlet? And his... Every time he's in that movie, I'm dying. Like, grab my arm. My other yeah. arm. Or grab my arm. Other arm. My other arm. <laughs> <laughs> like, he, uh, and yeah. In this movie, he pulls double duty. Yeah. He's Officer Cheats, and he's also the speaking voice mm-hmm. of Ted Betterhead. Yep. The the lead singer of the Country Bears, yeah. well, the- whose singing voice is 
is John Hyatt. Yes. And who wrote all the music for the movie as yeah, well. Yeah, it's funny. The bears are played by like five people each almost. There's the there's yeah. the person in the animatronic suit. There's probably the stunt person for the animatronic suit. There's yeah. the, the talking version of them and the singing version. And them. the person running the animatronics right. on the face. It's remote right. controlled. It's um because this is a Henson thing. The Henson yep. people made this. Mm-hmm. I think it is I get that it's uncanny valley. I wrote this down somewhere on this list, but I said, this is the right kind of uncanny valley for me. Yeah. I I am not there there's a comparison that could be made to human Shrek. I mean to to human Sonic, right? Mm-hmm. The Sonic with the teeth that got changed, everyone hated it. Right, right, right. But this is practical and it's it, so impressive that they have these fully walkabout characters that faces are are fully malleable. It's things that uh, Jim Henson was working on in the Dark Crystal. Yeah, when the Gelflings were too small, they couldn't actually do stuff, so they had remote controlled animatronics, and mm-hmm. that's what they were doing with this. I think it's the movie is so charming, and I get why people don't like it. They're creepy. I get it. It's, but it's better cool. for it though. Like this is yeah. This is um, I love the bears and costumes animatronic thing. Like I like this movie. If this was CG, oh, I don't know if I'm enjoying it as much as I am. And it, I it mean, because this is suck. It, it, it would suck. It would be <laughs> aged for one. Like the CG yeah. wouldn't age well. The you know the animatronics will always stay what yeah. it was. And I have a nostalgia for both the love and fear of like the the showbiz pizza anim- or Chuck E. Yeah. Cheese animatronics theme park ride thing, which the Country Bears wasn't a. It's not a ride at Disney, but it's a theme park attraction at Disney. Country Bear Jamboree. Yeah. And this is where it came from. And that is very much like I, in preparation for this, I watched a walkthrough of the Country Bear Jamboree. Just be like, oh, yeah. Some characters come over into the movie. Some don't. And songs, too. I think a couple, maybe. I think in in like the background. Yeah. But a lot of the songs in the the ride are like more typical, like bluegrass stuff. And then this is more like country rock. Right, right, right. Um, yeah. But like they, yeah. So like, there's that aspect of it which I, I have a fondness for, which the creepiness works in its favor, I think. Yeah. Um, and the actors are able to be with a presence there to to react on it, and I don't know. It just kind of like I said earlier, the Mupp- it gives that Muppet vibe because they're yeah. like this, and. I, I, I don't know. I just couldn't. Mm, CG, eh, probably no. wouldn't be. Um, too good. They're allowed to just exist here, whereas the CG would also have the uh, other goal of trying to show off the CG at the same time, yeah. which these are just like, okay, let's just get them comfortable, functional, uh, and make sure they each look like a character rather than just all the same. And yeah. That, I think I... I I like them. <laughs> I, I, I really do. I I personally don't find them that creepy. I see why people mm-hmm. would think so, but I just find it as a, I just think it's a very impressive way yeah. to do this character because otherwise it would just there's no other better way to do it, and there's mm-hmm. no better people to get to do it than the Henson Company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like they are they're the ones, and they the Country Bears had them developing new technology they'd never used before, mm-hmm. and all things that Henson has worked on since then has been like pushed forward by the country bears. Like they developed different ways of puppeteering remotely that they weren't using previously. And 
it's it's just it's nuts i love it yeah i'm and, a big puppet guy too right so. yeah yeah puppets puppets animatronics for life for me there's always a happy medium to mix cg and and yeah. them um but i i'm always i'm always of an age of loving the practical stuff and i will say i thought about this so there's always the controversy at disney of splash mountain right because it's the song of the south and da-da-da, like, yeah. why didn't they think of like just making it a country bears ride it felt like all they had to do was change the soundtrack and a couple animatronics and they could have been in business i know I, you know like why wasn't that like i get cool they're now going to revamp it totally the princess and the frog which is a great <laughs> a great reversal on yeah. it but that ride was sitting there with controversy for decades yeah well, country bears have been sitting there, and they're right nearby. They're and, in Frontierland. Yeah. yeah, like I, I think that one of the things was no one was was sure if Country Bear Jamboree was even going to stick around. Like people thought, mm. people have been. It's been rumored for years that that's going to be torn down. Yeah, and my heart skipped a beat last month. Yeah, because at I think it was D twenty three or wherever they announced stuff. Mm-hmm. I saw I was getting notifications of things that were getting announced because people were tweeting them. And one of them it said, just announced Country Bear Jamboree to be. And then that's where the headline cut off. And I was like, Ooh. no. I was like, no, what is it? But they're revamping the whole thing. Oh, okay. They're like re- they're like scrapping it and restarting with like new animatronics, new songs, new and I'm like, Okay. Okay. So they want to keep this around. That's awesome. Good. That's good. Maybe it'll be inspired by the movie. Who knows? Yeah, a little bit more of the movie ones. Cause they'll be like, wow, like Two different accounts watch this movie multiple times. Yeah. That's crazy. It's on someone's top list. Yeah. Wow. What? We gotta we gotta pay attention. There's a podcast about it. Right. There's a podcast. <laughs> Country Bears podcast. What is how ha- is there a resurgence? Uh I what hope is, so. I I sing these pra- the praises of this movie to everyone I talk to. Yeah. If there's someone's like, what's an underrated movie mm-hmm. that you love? It's Country Bears all the way. Gotcha. I will say, I thought this movie opens hot. Like that opening song number and the way Dude. they cut it and stuff is awesome. Let I was it like, ride. All right, I get it. I get. It. I'm like, okay, it does slow down after that, but like, yeah, I I, I dug where it starts because then we have to deal with the humans. Yeah, <laughs> which is the ultimate thing that Transformers movies fall prey yeah. to. Every time, <laughs> like, you don't think people will sit and watch robots for? Yeah, we did on TV with the cartoons, but God. but yeah, that o- opening sequence, I was writing about it, and I'm like, man, not only is the song awesome, "Let It Ride" rocks. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the collage is giving a history of the band, their breakup, and culminating in that. Yeah, it's crazy high energy that performance that that it shows. Yeah, and like the song is super optimistic. But it's their farewell performance. Well, that's like, what you it, find out at the end. You're like, yeah. oh, that's it. That's the farewell performance. Okay. It's, what a what a great start. Yeah. I this is a movie that every time I think about it, I think about the fact that it's bad. Like that's the thing that comes to mind, right? Right. And then I watch it and I'm like, this movie is <laughs> good. This movie yeah. has some great moments. There's some moments that are fine. Mm-hmm. But like the reason I don't think it's bad is there's a lot of fine moments of the movie and there's a lot of great moments in the movie. Yeah. But there's none that are there's not a moment in the movie that I'm like that was awful. There's just yeah. parts that I'm like, eh. I think <laughs> one of the things that kind of for, for me personally that held it back is for the the music for me like couldn't hit consistency too much mm-hmm. in terms of quality. Like there's good, there's eh, in the middle and then there's some bad stuff. 
Mm-hmm. Like, and like you mentioned, anytime like a pop star comes in to do something, that's, that's where it, like like the uh, the diner sequence where mm-hmm. they're uh, scratching records with the uh, bar stools. Mm-hmm. I the song and the dance number gave me Grease Two flashbacks, <laughs> which I don't know if you've seen Grease Two. I have. Grease Which, is on my list of least favorite movies of all time. Okay, uh, whatever you think of Grease, I mean Grease Two. I just oof, and I know there's like a crowd that's like yeah, it's better than the first one. I'm like I, I don't think so. Like it's because no. there are some lazy ass song and dance numbers in that movie which i talked to in the summer of 82 at 40 last year uh with scott and scott and both were like we went into greece too like okay let's i didn't like it when i saw it a long time ago maybe i didn't i'm a different person now maybe that and yeah. we were both like oh wow woof and like this was the it was give that diner scene was like oh man this this belongs in greece too not country bears <laughs> well i i got a a little point of contention for you okay uh what i have written down here in my notes Mm -hmm. is this is it kick it into gear is the best sequence of the movie shut up no it was not yeah dude the diners right here shut up here no the the note i wrote right after that is the spontaneous instruments and dance number is what i'm fucking talking about dude oh no this is the shit we need more musicals like this oh no way then you should watch grease 2 tonight (laughs) well the thing that i like about that sequence okay is i think the best musicals are ones where when a musical number happens mm-hmm. it is a suspension of disbelief yeah okay like i love that people in the diner just had saxophones and trombones <laughs> okay and then they all got up and knew the choreography and i was like this is whimsy this is music I love it. Like, I just love that it it was so organic. Like, there's other parts in the movies that are like, there's the I'm only in it for the honey sequence with Brian Setzer and the Stray mm-hmm. Cats. Yeah. Crazy. Um, yeah. But that's like a very diegetic performance. Right. It's happening in the story. Yeah. It's a, like, yeah. We're at a and, place where people are going to play music anyway. Yeah. And then there's the um, Hidden You sequence with Fred and the pop star on the soundstage. Mm-hmm. And that kind of like runs the line between diegetic and not because it's implied that they perform together, but she like does a costume change and does yeah. all this stuff that it's like, there is a suspension of disbelief there where it's like, that didn't actually happen. I know it's a animatronic bear movie, but like within the story <laughs> that didn't happen Yeah, because that couldn't have happened. And then for me kicking into gear, I'm like, that's it. We did it. It's finally like, None of this makes sense. The booths can be moved around. And I love that feels true musical to me. Gotcha. I get what and, you're saying. Yeah. And you're not wrong in that fashion. Yeah, it wasn't hitting for I was not working for me. That's that's, and that's okay. That's this movie. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the that's what this movie is. It's the magic you know? of the country bears. Like that yeah, it doesn't hit. Some someone's... people just doesn't hit for it. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I loved it. Uh, and you were talking about Muppet stuff earlier. Yeah. And there, the moment where they said, we need to get the band back together, I wrote down really my thesis statement for this whole movie. Gotcha. Uh, which is, hell yeah, get the band back together. My favorite genre of movie The Blues Brothers, The Muppet Movie 1979, and The Muppets 2011. There you go. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. And this one predates one of them. Yeah. The, 
this movie, very Muppety. Yeah. You could you could replace the the bears with the Muppets. However, I it's, feel like Mark Perez and Peter Hastings sat down together and watched the Blues Brothers and said, let's do that. Yeah. Yeah. The Blues Brothers is my favorite movie of all time. Mm-hmm. And I just love that genre of movie and the way that works. And that's part of the reason why I love the Country Bears. Okay. I love band back together movies. Yeah. I don't know why. Road trip to collect the band and then performance and save something that's going to be torn down. Love it. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. There's no, yeah, no. And it includes, like you mentioned there, this journey with the band back together. The celebrity cameos makes it like the Elton John mm-hmm. scene is straight up out of a Muppet movie. Like oh, straight up. Huge. Like it feels so Muppety. Yeah. Um, and even in, in the Blues Brothers, all the cameos are like musicians. Yes. Yeah. We get, we get to the, the scene in this movie with Queen Latifah at the bar. Yep. And I wrote down um, if I can find it. And oh, the Bonnie said, Raitt and Don Henley one feels like out of the Blues Brothers as well. Yeah. Because I was like, this bar is a mixture between the Aretha Franklin scene and the Bob's Country Bunker scene of Blues Brothers. Right. Yeah. And then, yeah, we, Don Henley and Bonnie, it's Rate, right? Rate, yeah, Bonnie Rate. Yeah. It looks like Rate, but it's Rate, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're the singing voices of Tennessee and Trixie. Mm-hmm. And then they're watching their own performance. And, and I'm like, Henley disses himself. Yeah, yeah. Better than the Eagles. It's, it's just so good. I, I love that stuff so much. It's mm-hmm. very, very Blues Brothers. I, I wrote down Blues Brothers on this list many times. The police chase. Yeah. Like the the villain. It's just, it's perfect. It, it, is, it is a great, this is a better Blues Brothers movie than Blues Brothers 2000. But <laughs> <laughs> many are, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, I love that band back together thing. Mm-hmm. So I think the Muppets is great comparison. I wrote that down, but like, there's something magical about that genre to me. And it's a very small genre. There's a lot of things that are getting a group to back together, but specifically band, because it has the musical numbers. Even in the Blues Brothers, there's suspensions of disbelief because all of a sudden everyone's dancing to songs and they all have the same dance numbers, but they're outside of the, the place that they're performing yeah. it in. Like they're in the music store. And it's like, it feels more grounded in the Blues Brothers because they're a band and they're just playing the music. So, of course, they would know the songs they know. But, like, it has those musical elements to it. They're in the music store playing and all of a sudden the streets of Chicago, people are dancing. Yeah. As if they can hear it, as if it's being broadcast. Right. And, like, I just, I like that kind of stuff you like where the they ep- suspend you like the, it a little bit. The epilogue story and not the origin story. Yeah. 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 You're like, yeah. we can pick up on the details of how this came together, what it was yeah. like as we go. We don't need to see the whole thing. Yeah. And yeah. It's like with La La Land mm-hmm. when they're doing something, then all of a sudden everyone's doing something. Like the, right, the yeah, opening yeah. sequence of La La Land, which is my second favorite movie of all time. Mm-hmm. This is a this is an insight into me. I like there music movies. Yes. <laughs> but like they're all on their cars dancing, and then they're in it. I just mm-hmm. I like it when a movie will show you hey, this is not happening. And it even right. it, in non-musical movies, like Birdman is a great example of that. Yeah. Where, oh, is this happening? Like, what's happening? I, I love it when movies, you're not sure what's happening and it kind of doesn't matter because yeah. it's just I feel like the movies, feelings that it what, invokes. That's why I always get, it drives me nuts when people hate musicals. I love yeah. movies, hate them. I'm like, there's some of the, 
they're one of the most cinematic genres there is. Like you yeah. can just float with your imagination and take it somewhere, then bring it back, and then do mm-hmm. all, like. And people just, I don't believe people would, uh, you know, just burst out and start like that. But like, but you believe like, yeah, all wouldn't. this space stuff that happens yeah. and dragons and this. But I sang a song. <laughs> uh huh. Everyone knows the lyrics. I'm going to go ride my dragon and have sex with Tails and Avatar or whatever. Well, when a hobbit sings it, that's one thing. But when Ryan Gosling taps and, like, no, no, like, shut up. Like, I just, yeah, I love musicals. Um, That's one of my things I, I enjoy. Uh, from like any era of them, even the, the the late '60s, where things were going downhill, there's some good stuff in there, fascinating stuff in there too. But like, I don't know, maybe just don't people don't have the right gateway musical to to get yeah. there. Like, I that's maybe what you need. But there's some there's some like fun stuff, fluffy stuff. There's some really deep stuff in musicals as well. Like I, mm-hmm. one of my favorite one of my favorite films of all time is a musical it's called Cabaret, and yeah. that one's deep as shit um absolutely and yeah like yeah i just don't the the anti-musical thing just drives me nuts like if you're a person of film that's what it like if you don't like that if you don't like like silent film like these are the most mm-hmm. like biggest expressions uh cinematic expressions that there is and yeah it's just I, i'm not questioning like oh well you don't really like films but i just i wonder how sometimes yeah maybe like what about film i think that it's it's not that they don't like musicals it's that they don't want to hear people sing or it makes them (laughs) uncomfortable or something or like do you not like music (laughs) right or like the show tunes the type of songs that get sung in musicals is maybe what not their cup of tea but and that's why i recommend the country bears yeah and that's why today's country bears (laughs) the swamp country uh rock of the country bears really takes it by storm here, <laughs> which is a type of musical. It wouldn't be the traditional type of musical. It's a rock musical, I guess yeah. we can call with it, but yeah, I, I, I did. Yeah. But people, I, I like, I feel like though, that's the funny thing. I feel like this is a film. They wouldn't have a problem with the musical numbers. Yeah. You know, they'd have a problem with a lot of other stuff, other stuff, but not the <laughs> musical numbers. Um, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I do. Speaking of musical, I texted you about this, um, but <laughs> and I actually have a note on what you texted me. So too. in Barry Barrington's, so Barry Barrington, for those who did not watch the country music or the country bears coming in this, there's yeah. a little bear and he lives with humans and he like he's adopted, he's adopted, yeah, and, and he like, doesn't know, yeah, he's got a questions. Um, <laughs> it's, it's like the jerk in that way. Um, so <laughs> he uh. He wants to get this band of bears. He reckon he feels seen with the country bears, mm-hmm. and he winds up being the uh, genesis of getting them back together. And he goes missing, and his family has a sad. Um, he's got a lot of country bears stuff up in his room, but yeah. over in the corner by the door, he's got three Limp Biscuit posters on the wall. He's got a black and white like press photo. Mm-hmm. He's got the the uh, promotional poster for a significant other. That was the, the gigantic album from them with Nookie rearranged break stuff and together now that sold se- over 7 million copies. We were, that was a yeah. time in life folks and <laughs> chocolate starfish and the hot dog flavored water. <laughs> it's on his background. 
There's a nine inch nails poster and too. And an nice nails and a crash bandicoot poster. But the Limp yeah. there's three Limp Biscuit things in this kid's room who listens to the country bears. And I so I think I noticed something. Okay. I think that he and Dex share a room. That's what I was right. So I was like, yeah. I had to go, okay. Dex is his brother for people who haven't watched the country bears. Now, my my listeners know I talk about this. There's the Doyleist attitude. And there's the um, Watsonian attitude. So my Watsonian, my in-film explanation, Mm -hmm. is why I'm like, this is fascinating to me. I'm going to spend more time talking about a prop in the background Mm -hmm. than a lot of this because it it caught my interest. In-film explanation, it's either the brothers or the brothers' influence on him. Yeah. They're like a Limp Bizkit. They are... No sex is blaring in there. They're listening to Roland. They're they're jumping on the bed, going Roland. The remix with DMX. That one. Yeah, that's the classic. one they're listening to. <laughs> All right, my Doyelian fascination of this is even better. Mm-hmm. Limp Biscuit has to approve this, right? Yeah, they can't just think. throw a Limp Biscuit thing in a Disney movie and do. But well, so is it that or? Was Limp Biscuit, or there people trying like hell to get them in this movie? And why? Yeah, was someone like, just like off? Like it, it's just bizarre to be like, like you, we got to get them in the Country Bears. We just we, if we don't get Limp Biscuit, I'm pulling. Like, out. well, like or they're like Fred guys, Wes. Yes, I know a couple band members' names, but like, hey. They're country bears, like, and they're like, "Did we get it? Did we get in the? Please, we're tell still me working we got on country it. Country bears. We can, we can only get three posters on the three posters. That's it. I wanted it one on the the door. I, like Fred, I'm sorry, your cameo is not going to happen. You got, you won't be voicing one of the bear. Like, oh, but we get the poster. Like, how did this? Ha- did like I this- get the? Did I get the role of Elton John? No, no they gave no. that to Elton John. They gave that to Elton oh. John. But like there had to be a conversation. There were conversations had about yeah. these posters on set through a deal. Like, no, you're putting three up there. God. Not just no, don't put Incubus up there. Fuck those guys. <laughs> we got here's our we have a new album coming. Chocolate yeah. Starfish and the hot dog flavored water. Like, is that appropriate for kids to be don't worry about it. They won't look it up. Their parents will notice. They, they won't look it up. But like it just <laughs> I don't know why it like it peaked major, but like this is a Disney movie. And it's it's got Limp Bizkit posters. It's and like this bear is supposedly into Limp Bizkit or something. But I'm like this shit, yeah. brother. He probably is some Limp Bizkit. I think, and I was looking out for it because you texted me about the Limp Bizkit thing. <laughs> like, um, but I texted you when I saw one, and then when I went yeah. back and had it on today when I was doing stuff in the background, I noticed two more. Yeah, I was like, oh wow. I uh, when I was watching it. At the end, when he asks if all the stuff was on the bus because their bus gets stolen, yeah, Barry had this tracking collar from when he was a kid. Tracking collars on the bus, but his, the remote that tracks it was in the laundry bin. Okay. When they go down to get it, I'm pretty sure you see Dex's bed on the other side of the room because I think the laundry hamper is right uh-huh. near. Oh, uh, okay, okay. And then when they're talking at the beginning, and he gives it to him, Barry's sitting on his bed, and I'm pretty sure Dex is sitting on his, and they're looking at each other. Okay, okay. I think they share a room. Because, like, I would have got, if they would have had, like, Creed up on the wall. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 
<laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. I get, I get like like, but Creed, I guess, is owned by the Weinstein's as they appeared in Halloween H two O and Scream Three. So they're probably like, we have made our bed. Which Weinstein? Actually, no, that's Disney because it goes Miramax. It goes Disney Miramax Dimension at the time. It's before they split yeah. off. They could have done Creed. They could have done, done Creed. Creed. Like, that that makes sense for me at the time. That's a missed Creed it's opportunity. Just, yeah. Like, I don't know. I guess, I mean, it would have been, I don't know. I don't know why I'm obsessed with the Olympics get poster on the wall, but. I like, think this movie is going down to four and a half stars for me because they could have had Creed. <laughs> they could have had Creed. I mean, think yeah. of it. Oh, and then Scott Stapp coming in to sing a Country Bear <laughs> song. Because, like, be they'd be cool. like, hey, w- our bus is broke down. We need yeah. to get to the, the hall. And he'd be like, come on, let's go there. <laughs> <laughs> Let me do that. So I, uh, I had a couple <laughs> things I wanted to bring up. Yes, bring them these, up. These are a couple gripes, and this is one of my favorite movies of all time. Number forty three. Number forty three. Currently, okay. Um, but it's a couple gripes that I noticed while watching it my previous time that I wrote down. I wanted to bring up to you, and maybe you can help me work through them. All right, all right, all right. So the first major gripe I have is when Christopher Walken shows up. Mm-hmm. The main bear can't remember his name for some reason. Um, the, of the child or the main adult the, bear? It's like the manager, their manager guy. Uh, the I have one, it written down. Is Henry. that the one he meets at the hall? That's like, yeah, like oh, you're never gonna get them back together. Yeah, that okay. Henry. Yeah, I remembered right. his name. Henry says the previous bank owner. So Christopher mm-hmm. Walken owns a bank, and the bank uh, has loans for the hall. And they're missing payments, so they're going to tear it down. He says the previous owner of the bank wouldn't mind if we were behind a couple months. Mm-hmm. Christopher Walken says, how far are you behind? And he says, six years, right? Right. Then, for the rest of the movie, we are aware that the amount of money that they are behind <laughs> is $20,000. That's it? Wow. Okay. Monthly payments for Country Bear Hall are $278 <laughs> a month. It's not bad. I know it's 2002, <laughs> and I know that it's in the middle of the country, but that is crazy. Yeah. I, I just wrote down, like, just grow some crops or something. You can pay that. Yeah. Easy. They have yeah. fields. Just plow a field. You they c- even had tractors. You could sell some of your own stuff for that. $278 a month is all they needed to keep that place running. Yeah. Another thing that I put later, and this is part of the same point, they were talking when he Henry was showing him around, right? Right. Henry says all the people that used to play there. And he said no one played like the Country Bears, right? They'd sold right. out the house, all that stuff. But other bands would play there. It wasn't just the Country Bears that would play at Country Bear Hall. It was just a music venue that they owned. He mentioned that Jimi Hendrix was an opener for a band there. Mm. Why did they not just keep holding concerts? You don't need the Country Bears to play there every night. No. The band broke up. The hall was still a thing. They're still pay- making payments on it, so clearly they want it to be a thing. Right. $278 a month. If they held one concert a month, right. they would make that rent. Yeah. And I, I even put a here, little extra themselves. Yeah. I even put here, like, if there was a Talking Heads ballroom, people would still go to see bands there, even if the Talking Heads aren't playing. Like Sell it's merch. Not, yeah. Autograph stuff. It costs you nothing to autograph something and up the charge. Yeah. I think Henry is lazy. 
Yeah. I think the band broke up and he was like, oh, I'm just going to wallow here and not pay my rent for six years. So he is, uh, he's the real villain of uh, I think future. so. He's like, you know, he's the Polly from Rocky of the Country mm. Bears. Yeah. But he's... I think so. Yeah, he's just ruining it. He's just like, how is he their manager? He's not smart business-wise. Yeah. 278 a month, and they had multiple bands there playing all the time. Right. The Country Bears were just the highlight. Where was it going? And they had one show. Yeah. Yeah. But they had one reunion show with the Country Bears, Mm -hmm. and they made $20,000. There were not a lot of people. I mean, it was sold out, but that's a small venue. How much were tickets? Right. Are they always charging that much? They can make $20,000 in a night. Were they taking donations, too, at the the time? I'm sure. That had to have been part of it. Selling merchandise, pictures. Yeah, that had to be because twenty thousand dollars in a night and rent is two seventy eight. Yeah, that's crazy. That is that's truly insane. So that's one of my. I mean, big that's a lightning in a bottle event. That is the the reuniting of them. Yeah, so they're not going to make twenty thousand every night. No, but like they're going to make more than two hundred and seventy eight. You know, maybe that night was enough to put forth money to be like, okay, that's promising. We'll we'll we'll. Keep letting you yeah, go. Maybe, and, they, maybe they made like eight thousand, ten thousand. They're like, all right, yeah. You do another one of these, probably. And the happen. band's back together. Yeah, you know, at end of the movie, spoilers for people who haven't seen the Country <laughs> Bears. They're back together at the end, and Barry is an official member, yeah. and that's very heartwarming. That's what happens. Yeah, he goes to sit down in the audience, and they say that's a weird place for a country bear to be during a country bear concert, and mm-hmm. it's heartwarming. And they and hand him he an plays. instrument, and he apparently knows how to play. Something that bothers me is that also. I wrote this down. <laughs> he you, He's seen playing acoustic guitar earlier in the movie. Mm-hmm. He's playing an electric guitar throughout the song. And then <clears throat> I believe Tennessee is the, yeah, Tennessee's the, the person who his guitar has one string. Yeah. He walks over to Barry, takes his electric guitar from him, gives him the one stringed instrument and says, go solo, kid. And he and Barry does a little solo on it. And I'm like, that's kind of like that's kind of cruel. Yeah. This kid's living his dream. They're like, I know you're comfortable with a six string guitar, but I'm gonna have to get you you have to solo on this weird one stringed instrument for me. And I'm gonna take your guitar and do a solo. Cruelty. Also. Cruelty. It's pretty cruel. Yeah. Pretty dang cruel, dude. Yeah. But yeah, that that's my major issue. I did have another issue, and I'm trying to remember what it was. Oh. I remember now my main issue with this movie, which is even more than that. I desperately need to know what is the ratio of bears to humans in this world? Yeah, I would say, well, we have what is six or seven total bears? We have so, five. And why aren't there more children bears? There's the five in the band, there's Barry, so that's six. Mm-hmm. And then there's Big Al, and there's Henry. So that's eight that are part of the country bears. Right. However, at one point in the movie, we see a bear mailman. Oh, that's right. (laughs) When they go to Nutville, there are bear farmers, and they go into the honey bar, and there are two bears in there. That's right. That's right. I was keeping track of how many non-main character bears we saw. (laughs) And we say, I, I put two more bears working at the car wash. There were. So I said, that's six non-character bears and 
an unseen panda because apparently Trixie left Tennessee for a panda who oh, was a okay. real estate agent. Oh, all right. A all real right. estate agent panda. And I'm like, you're not going to show us the panda? No. He's like a flash to it or something or a picture something. of him. So yeah. I'm like, how? What's a, what does a, a, a humanoid <laughs> panda look like in this universe? Like, that's what right. we need. So it. like, there's bears in the honey bar. There's bears working at the car wash. Okay. But there was like no bears in the concert. Like none of them were. Yeah, in, no in bears tendons. went to the They were like, Pfft. I was looking. Sellouts. There's none. Sellouts. I was really like, okay. So the bear thing, people are aware that bears. Oh, there's more bears also because they talk about in the credits. Mm-hmm. Queen Latifah talks about hip hop bears. And you see right, three yeah, bears yeah. that are hip hop. So there's more bears. And musicians at that. Yeah. So why don't we see more of them? One. Two, if there are that many bears that are just around in this world, why is Barry not clearly understanding that he is a bear? He thinks he's human and that he just looks different. Yeah. But his favorite band is bears. And throughout (laughs) the world, there are bears. And they live side by side from humans. And he's going... I just feel like I look different. Dex has freckles, and I don't. Maybe. I don't know. It's underneath all my hair. And his name's Barry. (laughs) Named by his parents. Yeah. Whose last name was Barrington, Mm -hmm. also? I mean, that's a little little foreshadowing, I think. I feel like they were destined to adopt a bear. Right. But how many bears are there? And I I just need to know. And they're accepted to live amongst humans. Oh, yeah. Is. There's no problem with bears. There's no but, guy that's like, no bears in here. Yeah. Or, I don't like that bear music. Yeah. However, one thing I wrote down, I said, so his parents are like not wanting to admit that he's adopted. Right. Right. Yep. Don't want to break that on him. They just don't want to do that. They want to don't want to break it. And then uh, I'm trying to find the note that I wrote down so I can see it specifically. It was when they were talking to the police, right? They're showing the police, mm-hmm. like trying to describe them, and they're having troubles. And the brother's like, are you kidding me? He looks like a bear. And then they show him a picture, and the police look at it and goes, looks like a fourth grader. <laughs> right? <laughs> and so I sat there, and I went, okay. They would have reacted to the fact that he's a bear. They're aware that bears are around. We've established this. Right. Everyone's fine with him being a bear, fine with him being adopted, so much so that they don't even mention that he's a bear. He's just a kid who's a fourth grader who has brown hair. Yes. So long brown hair all over. Bears are, and in the end credits, Wyclef says bears are human beings too, which was a little confusing. Right. And I wished he clarified a little bit. Yeah. But we know that these bears are... They're they're considered so much equal with humans that they don't even describe them differently. No, I don't and see yet, animal. Exactly. <laughs> and yet the brother is really against the fact that he's a bear. Right. A little so asshole. Does that mean that Dex is racist? I would. Yeah. And I think he is. Yeah. And is there a potential that Barry's family has set up a, a, a small community that's sort of like Truman showing him to where... I think so. Don't tell the kid. Let him think. And everybody acts that way. I think And that his brother's everyone, like, I am sick of this fucking charade. Yeah. Well, I think that everyone in the world, it seems, doesn't care that he's a bear. No. 
they would have no reason to point it out. That would be like if two white parents adopted a child Mm -hmm. from a different country where they had a different ethnicity. That'd be like other people pointing out to the kid that they have a different skin color than their parents. It's like the kid knows. So let's not even mention it. Yeah. And I think that's the same with this. They're like, why mention that he's a bear? He knows. It's clear he's a bear. Yeah. But the brother is racist. Yes. Well, I mean, it's cl- you. See, I mean, you just look at the kid and you think it's potential. Yeah, and yeah. you know, and and you know, he'll he'll probably grow up to at least force himself upon a woman more than once in his lifetime. Oh yeah, that he's yeah he's got that potential written all over him. <laughs> we know what kind of kid he's gonna be. God, yeah, it's 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 crazy. And hey, a line that I wrote down that signifies it perfectly when Barry asks his parents if they're adopted. Mm-hmm. His mom says, even if you were adopted, we would love you just as much as we love Dexter. And the dad says, maybe more. <laughs> well, no shit. Which is a great line. They got to choose a kid that make up for the <laughs> shitty one they have. Yeah. Which he's not as shitty as he could have been in this movie. Because like, you see him, yeah. you're like, oh, I know where this kid's going to go. But yeah, he's... yeah. Ends up being rather harmless, I guess. The uh, real shitty kid ends up being the armpit farter. Right. Yeah. 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 Who re- surprise reveal? Spoiler for a twenty-one-year-old movie. That, <laughs> yeah. Well, country bears can drink now. That's uh, that's how. That's old pretty are. crazy. Uh, Christopher Walken is the fart arm kid or mm-hmm. fart. Yeah. That they beat at a talent <laughs> show, mm-hmm. and he hit he hit Zeb with a chair. Mm-hmm. Christopher Walken angrily ripping his clothes off so he can. Play a song with his armpit farts yes. is one of the funniest parts of the movie. That's good. That's good. <laughs> There's a, there are plenty of funny little bits in here that are, are snicker. They're like good snicker, like where they 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 land more than they don't. I was yeah. Like there's just some super, and they have the right people to play play these things. Yeah. Uh, like there's <laughs> where they're like, oh man, we're gonna do more than find him. Is like, how are we gonna do more than that? We gonna find him twice? Yeah, I wrote like, that down. Oh, also. that was that was so good. I loved when um. The guy who played Mo Green in The Godfather is like taking the call in his office, and you find out he's like at Staples. Yeah, the guy's rip. like, yeah, and the guy's like, he's like, hey, you, we've told you, sir, you can't be doing this. And he's like picking stuff. And he's like, that's that's not your stuff, man. That's just yeah. leave, it, leave it down. Leave it well, down. that part could have so stupid. Like it could have sucked, but they yeah. they flesh out the bits enough that you know they it's tongue in cheek. Yeah, they flesh them out enough, and they don't overdo them. Like you yeah. don't go, ha, remember it's funny, you wanna see why it's funny? We'll tell you why it's mm-hmm. funny. We're gonna explain why it's funny. It's just it's just there. It's a chuckle. Uh and it works. Um I yeah, I, I do I think the hit ratio on some of these little jabs is pretty funny. Um yeah. Rip Holland hanging out at a staples office display. Yep. Oh, I, I dig that quite a bit. Um then uh was there, did I have another one written down? No, I did not have another one written down. But uh, the mustache bit where yeah. you sit there the whole time going, man, that's an awful mustache. That's really <laughs> yeah. And then it ends up being a gag that you've been suckered into the God. whole time. And I wonder how much of it was planned. Because like, it obviously came off in the car wash scene, but then they make the note of saying it was fake. And then yeah. rule of thirds, you see him pulling out a collection of fake mustaches to put it on before he arrives. Right. And it's things like that that I'm like, this movie is not accidental. It no. is it is very well written. Well, the, the guy wrote, I mean, we talk about game night. He's yeah. got a good sense of humor. 
it's like so good. So yeah, I mean, and Andy Road accepted, which it's mm-hmm. it's it's not a bad movie, but it's a it's uneventful, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> like that, from what I remember, what I saw it back when it came out, um, <laughs> uneventful, but that's on the that's on the back of the pack. Brandon Peters, yeah. uneventful, uneventful, but okay, but okay, <laughs> but okay. Well, there's so many great Long one-liners. No. Uh. <laughs> but yeah, there's so many great lines in this movie, and there's so many great bits. One of the yeah. bits that really stood out to me, not only is the honey bar awesome, the automatic back scratcher on the wall. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's Zeb a good stuff. puts step. a quarter yeah. in, and it's a bark tree back scratcher. Right. That just scratches your back. You just lean up against it. And I was like, that is something that would exist in a world where bears are people. They have to have and it, yeah. I love it. That's such a simple thing that someone wrote that in the script. Like yeah. that's a written thought of part. It yeah, wasn't. You can't accidental. have that an on set thing like that happen. No, it wasn't improvised. No. Yeah, it's just yeah. The lines mostly between Christopher Walken and the police. They are the ones that have the best lines in the movie. I think when Big Al is whispering to Christopher Walken their plan to make the money and save country bear hall. And he's like, so we can tell that, that scheming weasel at the bank that and he, re- he realizes who he's talking to. <laughs> and yeah. Christopher Walken in one of the, his best line deliveries in his entire career goes, tell the weasel what <laughs> just like the, <laughs> the, the way he says it is so oh. good. You can watch, there's a video on YouTube and it's actually playing right here in the background. That is just all of Christopher Walken from the Country Bears. And it's just all of his scenes. (laughs) Truly incredible. Truly incredible moments there. But yeah, the way he says, oh no, Country Bear Hall has been crushed. And he says, oh no, the same way every time. Incredible. When they're trying to talk to the police, have a picture of Barry. And say, like, have you seen Mm -hmm. this bear? Big Al says, I have. But in real life, he's a lot bigger. Yes. And not all flat like that picture. (laughs) That line would have been a fine line that people go like, okay, I get it. It's yeah. funny. He's a dumb character. The policeman going, that's true. That's true. <laughs> it's it's the the like knock out of the park that sends both lines into a that was a funny moment. And it's yeah. those little things that if those weren't in there, the line wouldn't be funny. But yeah, it's D- like the solidifying in it in the world. Dietrich Bader and Daryl Mitchell have some good timing <laughs> with each other. Like they were they work really well together. Yeah. I mean, I it's think, not like some elite team up, but it it, were, it it sells the script good. Yeah. I, I think my favorite line in the whole movie is them at the diner. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, what was the other? It's Diedrich Bader and what what's his name? Daryl Mitchell? Yes. Uh, this is famously like he, um, after shooting this movie, he got in a motorcycle incident and was a paraplegic now, oh. um, eight months before the premiere of this movie. So this is his final uh, film before that. That's such Sad. a shame. Yeah. Yeah. He has such a great moment where they're sitting in the diner and he looks out and sees the bears running to the bus. And he, he looks to Diedrich Bader and says, suspicious activity at two o'clock. And Diedrich Bader looks at his watch and goes, how could you possibly know that? <laughs> Which is such a good bit. I to write that one down earlier. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> that's such a good bit. Yeah. How could you possibly? <laughs> and then it gets brought home. In a joke that would be funny on its own, but is amazing because of the callback. Yes. When they lost the bus, they don't know where it is, 
he looks over and sees the bus behind a fence going into the car wash. But on the fence, there is a sign promoting a bingo event at 9 p.m. And he looks over and says, bingo, nine o'clock. Yep. <laughs> and it's just like, who wrote, like, why'd you write that? They they made that sign. This got used for country bears, you know, <laughs> yeah. like this is good in like adult comedies. <laughs> yeah. And it's hiding here. In a country bears, yeah. And they wrote that in the script, and prop, prop people had to be like, let's make a bingo at 9 p.m. sign Yep, that we have to hang on the car wash fence. It's There's so many prop things in this movie that I'm like, wow, they really yeah. planned this because the props are there. Like, it, mm-hmm. it's so surprising that when the mom, like, bakes so much when she's, when she's nervous and she brings out a whole platter for the cops, and then mm-hmm. later when Barry comes home, She's pulling a pie out of the oven, and on top of the oven are six pies. Uh, yes. And I'm like, it's like you bake when you're nervous. She's just constantly making pie. Pies, pies, pies. And it's all it's all that's planned. A great line that's also in there when the waitress says that the band inspired her to be a famous singer. Fred asks, did you make it? Oh, yeah. It, <laughs> and Zeb says, yeah, Fred, she made it. She just works here for the free uniform. Free uniform, yeah. Oh. That is a good one. The sarcasm is un- it's just unbelievable. And in that scene, this is another reason why I think the diner scene's the best. Because not only okay. was the the two o'clock suspicious yes. activity scene in there and the free uniform line, the breaking news story that comes up on the TV about Barry's kidnapping. Mm. You you're watching this breaking news. They're talking about this boy or this boy has been kidnapped by this man and has been seen with this man yes. and this man and this man and they drove away in this bus. And mm. so if you see them, be on the lookout. And then they said, you're watching Bus Watch. Bus <laughs> so the show <laughs> was about buses. buses. <laughs> and I'm like, that's such a small detail. That's it's hilarious. So, it is good. That is funny. <laughs> like, it's not a show. It's not a news show about, no. about kidnapping watch. kids. Nope. The, the channel was on bus watch, and it happened to be pertinent information that someone was kidnapped. <laughs> we're, we're relevant today, guys. God, it's... Yeah, and then they're in the car wash, the police, and they can't see anything because the foam is on there, and they're acting like... They're like, what they have happened? some good physical comedy in the car wash scene. Yeah. Yeah, and he's like, I can't see anything. The, the windshield's clogged. And the guy goes, put your window down. <laughs> He says, "Do you think I should?" He goes, "It's okay. It's police business." As if like they're they're asking if they're allowed to, right? As opposed to if it's a good idea. If it's good, yes. Can I? Just the whole movie is filmed, just filled, filled with bits like that. Yeah, and uh, it gives point, it rewatch value too because you don't catch yeah. everything on a first or realize what's the, the brilliance yeah. of what's what's happening in some of these lines. I've watched this movie so many times. <laughs> it's just it's great every time i i laugh every time when they're at the wedding and fred punches ted and he Mm -hmm. just eats shit on the ground it's hilarious it's like as funny as mongo punching the horse in blazing saddles (laughs) just him fully just limp limp falling down um officer cheats calls dex sports fan at one point as like a nickname (laughs) He says, like, easy there, sports fan. And I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> what is that? Like, I think he was trying to say sport. Oh. But he said sports fan? Sports fan. And, and like, what a choice from Diedrich Bader yeah. to say that. I know people say race fans, but, like, <laughs> yeah. 
sports fan. Easy there, sports fan. And I'm like, he's not even wearing any sports merch. Like that's like not- something. That's like a line you would take away. Like if you and someone you knew watched this movie a ton growing up, and you you would call each other that, and people were like, "That's what's that?" Yeah, from? Why are like, you calling sports? We watched fan? this movie called Country Bears growing up, but we always <laughs> said that around the house. God, I. Another great moment is the person hired to bulldoze Country Bear Hall is telling Christopher Walken, yeah, it'll it'll take about a half hour to bulldoze her to the ground. And Christopher Walken goes, oh, yes, do that. <laughs> and then the guy just stares at Christopher Walken and doesn't say a word. And I'm like, what? that was a creepy way to say it, man. Yeah, it like, I don't know why you would say that. And then Christopher Walken steals the bus and kidnaps the Country Bears at gunpoint. He has a gun and a full right. belt of bullets. Yes. <laughs> why, what just, why does he have those? This guy went way too far here. Uh, Catch, what are the Catcher Bears going to fight back with? I know. And they're trying to fit Ted into the van, and he can't fit mm-hmm. in the van. And they like try to tie him to the roof like okay. a prized carcass after hunting. And that's a great physical moment, him being in the boat. There's just so much. This was, whole movie is just filled. I wanted to say something like I, like I don't think it's like a a gorgeous looking film by any means, but no. it, it like sh- was shot competently, which is weird yeah. to compliment. But when you see today's vanilla films all the time, so Mitchell Amundsen shot this, and he he go on to shoot Transformers <laughs> after this, uh, Transporter Two. Wanted. He did the Hannah Montana and Jonas Brothers concert movies. He would do G.I. <laughs> Joe Rise of Cobra, Jonah Hex, Premium Rush, Bad Mom's Christmas, Ugh. Happy Time Mur- Murders, which got back oh, into yeah. some puppy stuff, but Renfield, he did that one this year. Wow. And uh, so this, it's, it, and I was like, holy crap. He started as a PA for Francis Ford Coppola. He did <laughs> One from the Heart, Outsiders, Rumblefish, and Cotton Club. And then, He's got an impressive resume of like second unit and camera operator credits, but I wanted to highlight he did Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare, Ernest mm. Scared Stupid, and Summer 93 at 30s, In the Line of Fire. But his wow. his camera operator, second unit stuff's incredibly impressive. You go look him up, but I'm like, wow, they got like this guy's like talent um here. I mean, he goes on to work on much bigger projects. Uh, and such, and still working, and then like where he came from was impressive as well. I don't know if he's related to Coppola, and that's how he got started because there's a lot of people related to Coppola, and you're like, yeah. oh man, where they? Co- oh, Coppola. Well, oh, okay. Renfield, cousin, second cousin's third child removed, or whatever. Yeah, Renfield. Yeah, Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage. Coppola. Yeah. So that's yeah, crazy. That's crazy. But like, yeah, he's he's all over this film, and um, I also want to go over the box office here. Where I yeah. can kind of see what happened. Yeah. Um, so it comes out, it, it debuted at number six at 5.3 million and ends up only grossing 16 million uh, here in the States and then 18 worldwide. But when it, it opened against Austin Powers in Goldmember, which mm-hmm. made 73 million to open, um, no one was probably expecting it to, like, this is how big Austin Powers was back then. But also in the top 10, which was finishing ahead of it, was Stuart Little 2, Men in Black 2, and then Lilo and Stitch was still playing in a good chunk of theaters. Mm. So it's got a lot of competition. Like It's yeah. already got an animal creature among a family yeah. doing stuff. 
with an IP that people knew. We didn't yeah. use the word IP back then. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then Men in Black too. It's got creatures everywhere, CG stuff, and like Will Smith. Like so, it's just not as interesting as those. Like it, and it's it's just not working. And um, there's no way that it had the the promotion budget. No, either like the others no. were promoted way more. They promoted Lilo and Stitch. That was the movie, big movie for Disney. Then and this is a uh, Jul- end of July, so this is heading in. I mean, if they would have held this off yeah. till maybe August, they might have got a bigger interest in it. But I mean, you all well, got signs coming out the following weekend. But like, oh, and oh, they were avoiding Spy Kids too. Uh, mm. as well but yeah i jeez i don't knows? know where you put this but like it was way too much better better or more high profile options than this and i so i'm like that's part of why i mean it's i mean granted re- poor reviews didn't help but as you can see it probably had a solid word of mouth because yeah. it got an a minus cinema score but a lot of people were going because, well, I haven't seen Man in Black 2 yet, or my family is going to, oh, Stuart Little, not the creepy, I don't want my kids scared of these bears, you know, like, yeah, that's possible, that's I, a big reason Gosh. why, I think, is just that crowded, crowded landscape there, uh, with so many options for families that we don't really have anymore, but, because all the, yeah. the adults and kids go see the same movies now. That's what, like, Scott, Gosh. who's always on the show, likes to point. He's like, I always point to 1990. There's this one weekend in 1990 where he's like, um, it was opening weekend. Oh, what was it? It was the, the weekend Ninja Turtles came out. And there was like a, mm. there was a, a romantic comedy, big high profile romantic comedy, a high profile, like, adult drama action movie and Ninja Turtles. And he's like, the adults went to this, or the women went to this, and then the kids went to Ninja Turtles. But now, Everybody goes to Ninja Turtles. That's the difference. Yeah. Um, and because that, people don't go see movies. They yeah. sit at home, they stream something. So the only things that can be in theaters are things that will get people to go see it. Yeah. They it's go see, like, wild. yeah. There's some weekend, there's been weekends here this year that have restored my faith a little bit, but who knows mm-hmm. if it continues to hold you. You just got to find what, what people want. If there's a movie, People will go see it and prove that like there's a lot of COVID stuff that was scary, but then a Spider-Man movie comes out and busts all sorts of records and stuff. So it was like you put the yeah. right movie in, people will go and uh, see it. So that was yeah, that's kind of what I was looking at with uh, the box office with it, and I was just like, it's like I Man. can kind of see where the the thing was with this, and it's um, pre-Pirates. The next year they put out Pirates yeah. of the Caribbean, so this feels. Maybe, is this the blade to X Men? Where it's the testing waters so. for the for the the theme park? Put out something well, a little lesser known. See if people go. So I'm looking on Wikipedia. It says that it's Disney's second theatrical film based on an attraction at a theme park. Mm-hmm. And Tower the third, Terror TV movie. Yeah, third overall film based on an attraction. So mm-hmm. it followed the TV Tower of Terror, and then theatrically released in 2000 was Mission to Mars. I didn't know that was based off a Disney ride. I just thought it was a De Palma film. Like that's. Yeah. I was like, when it's I saw Epcot that ride, I yeah, think. when I saw that, I was like, yeah, the De Palma movie was a Disney ride movie. Yeah, like they man. didn't have that. There was no buzz of it being that, but fair enough. Listen, Country Bears, without a doubt, is the best movie based on a Disney theme park ride. If you don't count, 
Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> I don't think you're wrong. <laughs> I mean, it's not better than either Haunted Mansion. <laughs> I mean, it is better than both Haunted Mansions. It's better than... I mean, Jungle Cruise was fun. It's It's a very... Two and a half, three star movie. <laughs> yeah, I think Country Bears is more impressive than Jungle Cruise. I would... They're both probably equal on enjoyment, maybe yeah. for some people. But I think Country Bears is is more unique. Well, yeah, the Jungle Cruise like was for some reason trying to be the mummy in a different setting. But mm-hmm. yeah, no, I I get you. It's yeah, I know you. It that's how these ride movies have gone hey it's better yeah. than a couple pirates sequels that's true well, it's definitely better than the fourth pirates movie i'll give it that it's a thousand times better than the fourth pirates movie yeah but I mean, muppets haunted mansion is pretty good that is good i like that does that we count that does that is the i think crossover? so yeah I, is that's, it that's is the it best haunted mansion Bear? movie it's definitely the best haunted mansion yeah it's, is wait. it better than country bears i'm i don't know that's that's a little toss up because it's good, but it also is lacking in some in some muppetiness yeah. that could yeah. be there. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. But you're not wrong. I haven't seen the Tower of Terror TV movie though, so I yeah probably I don't know. Guess that production value wise, the Country Bears gonna have that over it. Yeah. And talent wise, but I I mean I'm looking here at the list of movies based on. Disney attractions, right? Mm-hmm. Got Tower of Terror, 1997. Mission to Mars, 2000. Country Bears, 2002. Then Pirates of the Caribbean in July, 2003. Haunted Mansion, November, 2003. So they very clearly were like, Country Bears, Pirates, Haunted Mansion. We're doing three attractions okay. based on, on or three movies based on attractions within a year and a half. And then they saw how those went. And then three years later, Pirates 2, a year after that, Pirates 3, <laughs> 2011, right. Pirates 4, and then four years later, Tomorrowland. Yeah, tomorrow. Then two years after that, the next Pirates, and then five years after that, Jungle Cruise. Two years after that, the new Haunted Mansion, and then here's a list of upcoming movies. Oh, I'm sure some of them are not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, there's untitled sixth Pirates of the Caribbean film. There's Space Mountain based on Space Mountain. Oh, didn't surprise. Okay. There's a screenwriter and producers attached, but no director. Okay. Uh, another Tower of Terror movie with a screenwriter attached and then producing Jonathan Leah and Scarlett Johansson. Mm. Okay. And then apparently a Jungle Cruise sequel. So this Tower of Terror television mm-hmm. show, it looks like a, it looks. It says it's an episodic. But this one I'm looking at stars Steve Gutenberg and Kirsten Dunst. Yeah. And Melora Hardin, who was on The Office. Television film. John Franklin, who is the, the creepy kid from Children of the Corn, is in this, and Alistair Duncan. But it's just like episodes. And I'm like, was it? I have hmm. to wonder. Oh, ha, ha, ha. It was part of the wonderful world of Disney. That's why it's saying gotcha. it's an episode. Gotcha. That's so it itself is an episode of wonderful. Of a larger so they thing. used to have a Sunday night thing where Disney would yeah. have these movies where I talked about uh, Mr. Boogity on my old show. That was one of those <laughs> um, little TV movies. But yeah, so it was one of those, and it had Gutenberg, uh, one of his weird 
90s output things because yeah. that man was top of the world and then 1989 rolled into 90 and people forgot about Steve Guggenberg for some reason or just wasn't yeah. as popular. He did have three men and a little lady, but was not as good as a little baby. Gosh. So, yeah, but uh, the Country Bears, maybe they will get, well, they are going to get rejuvenated at the theme park. We look Which is to exciting. That. That's a good That's good news for us Country Bear heads. They're getting the band back together for maybe <laughs> for us, some new songs. So. <laughs> for us better head heads. <laughs> that's, some, that's some good news. Um, there's also two more upcoming movies, apparently. Big Thunder Mountain. Okay. Directed by Bert and Birdie. Oh. And written by Michelle and Kieran Mulroney. Oh. But no producers attached, apparently. All right. And then Figment, based on Journey into Imagination. Fair. Okay. There, there's two screenwriters, Dan Hernandez and Benji Samet, and then producing is Seth Rogen. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm Figment. <laughs> All but right. yeah, and then there's yeah, Muppets Haunted Mansion. There's a Small World animated series, apparently. Hmm. All right. Who yeah. knows? But yeah, hey, best visual effects. One Disney park ride has won an Oscar, and it's Dead Man's Chest. There you go. And only three Disney park ride movies have been nominated. And it's the first three parts. Of the parts of yeah, figures. <laughs> yep. Of course. But hey, I think that. I, I personally think that Country Bears could have been nominated. Songs. Yeah, best original song for sure. I also feel like, I don't know, it wouldn't be hair and makeup, and it wouldn't be, <laughs> ma- like, I don't know about 2002 Academies, but like I feel like something with the animatronics could have been nominated. Yeah, you're going against Lord of the Rings movies for visual effects right there. So Yeah, I mean. Ta- it would have been Two Towers. Yeah. yeah. I think Two Towers. No. Yeah, how's that? Return of the King or Two Towers is what you're going against there. One of them's happening at that point. Yep. Nobody's yeah. beating them in any of those categories. No one's beating anything. Yeah. Poor, poor country bears. Yep. So I, much and, promise, but the damn lord of those damn hobbits. I know. Listen, if, if anyone watching this takes anything away from this, it's that the country bears is not as bad as you think it is or remember it to be. Right, look it up. Put it on Look the background or something. Yeah, it's not, it. it's not too bad. I was surprised. Like, okay, yeah. this this would be interesting. Uh, but it, it, our our conversation we had at dinner one night about uh, the Wiggles uh, yeah. led me to go. I think we should talk Country Bears because if Nick if yeah. Nick was going to talk about uh, Country Bears like he did the Wiggles, I, I'm down for this. It it certainly was. Listen, so. I I uh, a lot of people get put off by things that are made for kids. Mm-hmm. Listen, I. I just see quality, man. I don't know what to tell you. Yep. If something's quality, it's quality. It doesn't matter the age. The Wiggles rock. Yes. There They're very go. good musicians. There you go. And as I told, like, I found something like, about it. I was like, holy crap, there's a Wiggles. Wiggles is legit love conversation going on. Yeah. Um, this is one thing I saw there. Which I'm, I'm pumped about. And I'm not going to say that they're copying from me. Mm-hmm. They are coming out with a biopic documentary. and Oh, wow. In my sketch comedy show, that's right. Yeah, BSU tonight, we made a biopic making fun of Bohemian Rhapsody that was called Fruit Salad: A Wiggle Story. I played Murray. I produced and directed it, and even right here because I wore it for a Halloween thing. I got my oh, there it is. My Wiggles shirt still. There you go. And listen, that's just out because I was wearing it for a little Halloween video thing. So 
I, I listen. I don't know what to tell you. I think the Wiggles are copying off of me. They saw our biopic and said we should do that. Mm-hmm. Time to you get know. the lawsuit. Get lawyer up. Get it. I'll going. sue them, or they let me become an honorary Wiggle and I'll drop all charges. There you go. Or you could be Nicholas Werman fan. Fan. And <laughs> I'm you'll fine be with talking that too. head on it. Just yeah, Nicholas Werman yeah. fan. And I'll just be in there being like, I love the Wiggles. <laughs> they make good music. They're really good at making music. Well, they uh they did that song about pasta salad. I you could tell things were troubled, but I never imagined it would seep through into the music. I just I you know, the artists they they take the things that are bothering them and they turn it into art. And that's that's the goal, you know? Like I, I grew up with the OG Wiggles, but who am I to deny do the propeller from the from the newer <laughs> from the newer lineup, you know, or or I've got my glasses on. Listen, I didn't grow up with it, but I, I can see the pain that went behind that song. And <laughs> and it's if someone asks you if you have your glasses on and you do, you know the pain. And I think we can all relate to that a little bit. Sure. Maybe the country bears can get that deep someday. I, I hope so. Hey, straight through the heart of love. Yes. It's a pretty deep song. John Hyatt went way too hard with he the country didn't. bears soundtrack. There's a a line at the end of Straight Through the Heart of Love that I need to look up real quick. Okay. As I'm sure we're wrapping things up. <laughs> uh, but I got to look this line up. Straight Through the Heart of Love lyrics. Yeah, John Hyatt, he just wrote actual songs for this movie, which is crazy. Yeah, the lyrics, I mean, it starts off. the best off, way we, to go. Yeah. It says, we take the long way around. We get lost and we get found. I wonder why we couldn't go straight to the heart of love. Climbing mountains, climb, crossing streams, crying tears and dreaming dreams. I guess that's the only way we know straight to the heart of love. And the chorus, straight to the heart of love should be the shortest distance from lonely. Not always the road you're thinking of. Straight to the heart of love. That's from the Country Bears. That's from the Country Bears. It's all the way through. And then there's the the moment where there's the duet between them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I've been thinking about you and me and how this love was meant to be. And then Ted Betterhead comes on in and says, I'm taking the next clear shot I see straight to the heart of love. love. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> taking the next clear shot I see, that is bars, dude. <laughs> Ted Betterhead ate with that one. Let me tell you. It's my first dance song, actually. Yeah. My wedding, yeah. Yeah. My wife and I, we rocked out to I'm Only In It For The Honey. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, so that'll do it uh, for this week and the Country Bears. So, uh, Nicholas, uh, welcome to the Brandon Peters Show, and I hope have you join again here sometime here in the new future. This was a lot of fun. Uh, but until then, where can people keep up with you? And so far, so good. Yeah, uh, follow So Far So Good on all social media at So Far So Good Show. Super simple to find. We're on TikTok. We're doing pretty well over there. We just had a a YouTube short that did crazy. Like, just follow us. See the silly stuff we got coming out. Um, you can follow me at Nicholas Rorman. Uh, my name's on the screen somewhere in the title of the podcast. I'm not going to spell it out, even though I could have in the amount of time that it told me for you to look it up. But uh, I I believe in le- media literacy, so I think you can look it up yourself. Uh, but yeah, at Nicholas Roman for me, at So Far So Good Show for uh, all of my content. All right. Uh, and I am on uh, X. 
X and uh, Instagram at Brandon Four KUHD. Written work on WhySoBlue.com. Uh, you can find information about the Popcorn Podcast Days, the Popcorn Awards, and all things Popcorn Popcorn US. And next week, Troy Brownfield from the Saturday Evening Post returns as we deliver another entry in our Products of the Panic series, this time looking at Geraldo Rivera's 1988 special, Devil Worship, colon, Exposing Satan's Underground. So, and it is wild, uh, wild. Uh, So, till then, stay foam positive. Thank you for listening. The Brandon Peters Show is a Creative Zombie Studios production. Produced by Brad Shoemaker and Brandon Peters. Written and edited by Brandon Peters. Announcer vocals by Jessica Olsman. Theme song by Metavari. Web design and show art by Brad Shoemaker with Brandon Peters. All music and clips featured in the episode are property of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Additional information on this and other episodes at brandonpetershow.com. For any inquiries, press opportunities, or sponsorship, contact mail at brandonpetershow.com. The show is available on Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are found.